So the theme this evening of um, finding wisdom and anxiety, um, it's been inspired by a lot of conversations that I've had in this past week. Uh, it seems I've had a lot of meetings for work and um, just a lot of one-on-ones with, with some of you and uh, uh, friends, family, just seems like there's this underlying anxiety that is present for most people that I've interacted with. Um, and I've been tracking my own anxiety levels this, this past week, just noticing it creeping in here and there. And, um, you know, one of the nice things about being a practitioner is that is being able to track something like anxiety, knowing when it's here, when it's here, knowing when it goes, when it goes. Um, but I don't always know why it's there. It's not always clear. I've noticed a lot when I'm listening to the news or I'm tuned in in some way of what's going on in the world um, that it gets triggered or it's been getting triggered this week for me. And it seems that way for a lot of people. And then also just life events, different life events happening Um and I know that's true for a lot of you here. You have, there's a lot going on for a number of you, I know. And I bet there's stuff going on for some of you, I, and I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it just seems like anxiety is um, high collectively, not just in our Sangha, but um, in the greater community. So I wanted to address it and share a bit of what I've been doing with it this past week. Uh, it's so fresh sometimes to teach something when it's this fresh and to share the different practices that um, have been useful is, um, uh, is really helpful. So that's what I'm gonna try and do this evening. And I'm gonna use the word anxiety, but that might not be your flavor. You know, it might be that for you, maybe, maybe everything is just fine. That's great. <laughs> Don't go looking for trouble. <laughs> but for some of you, it might be that it's not anxiety, but it's taking the form of something more like depression or sadness. Um, it might be anger. You know, it might be worry, that restlessness. Hi, Linda. So you can just replace my word of anxiety with whatever your flavor is. And I, I bet it will map on pretty well. So anxiety is a form of contraction. And like all of those things that I just mentioned, all of those different forms that um, that contraction can take. And I talk about contraction. I use that word a lot in, in this group. I use it as a way of experiencing dukkha, suffering. So anxiety is a form of suffering and we can feel it. It's, it's, there's a physical side to it. There's a mental side to it. And both are very contracted. When we are experiencing anxiety, the more heightened it is, the more we're experiencing it, the more we tend to fall into what's called the primitive brain. So that... Um, part of the brain that wants to um, protect 
and to react. It wants to react in order to protect. And so classically, that might be that fight, flight, freeze response that we've all heard of and probably experienced in our history before. So the more, um, so the more anxious we find ourselves, the more that brain takes over, that mind. The mind and brain are, are separate, but um, the experience can be put together as one, the mind and the brain that protect, react, fight, flight, freeze, um, contraction. There's very little room when we're that contracted for wisdom. Wisdom, uh, you know, somehow it, it needs a little space. It needs room. It, um, it's hard to access when we are um, uh, that tight, when, when we're overwhelmed. Even when we have a lot of wisdom, doesn't mean you don't have it, it's just hard to access. And so these states of anxiety, even if it's not a lot of anxiety, but it's just been chronic, maybe you've been feeling it off and on for some time, um, that the fatigue that comes from that, it's wearing, you know, our, our capacity becomes low, our access to that wisdom um, gets interrupted. And that's what fatigue does. It limits our, our capacity, our resilience. So then we look at this moment in time, which we've done a lot in the last 17, 18 months. Just the immensity of stressors. It's not just one, it's not just us. It's collective, it's individual, it's within our own lives, the effect it's having within our own lives, how it's showing up in each, for each of us. It's global. And so that stress reaction, whether it feels new and fresh right now, or it just feels like the new, you know, this has been kind of the baseline for a while. It's felt more chronic. Um, it seems to be there for a lot of people. So I know as good Buddhists, and I'll put quotes around that, <laughs> as good Buddhists, whether you consider yourself a Buddhist or not, you know, just the, the spiritual, the traps of spiritual materialism, um, can can become it can become a trap there's a lot of traps that i want to name uh in terms of anxiety or these these heightened states of overwhelm sometimes we um we can use our our spiritual knowledge to uh try to get through these um states of anxiety like um, this is true. It will pass. Conditions are always changing. And so uh, as spiritual practitioners, 
if we're not careful, we can use that knowledge in an unwise way and just always be waiting for things to get better. You know, once it's all gone, once it's changed, then I'll be fine. Then everything will be okay. So we can find ourselves just waiting for everything to be better. And then how disappointing it is when we, you know, have a conversation with a friend or turn on the news and find out, you know, there's another fire happening over here. And there's been another uh, person of color who's been shot by police or, you know, the homeless um, population has increased in this amount and people are going through evictions and, you know, it's endless, right? It just feels like, well, when is that, when is that time gonna come? So we have to be careful with our understanding of, of um, the truth of change, just what we do with that information. Are we waiting? Are we waiting for everything to get better? We're just gonna breathe through this to the end <laughs> and then it'll be okay, right? It's kind of a, it's not equanimity, it's escape. It's a form of escape. Another way that we can use our practice properly is with the metta practice or the heart practices. And I know I've shared this before in this group that I was really struck in one uh, retreat. I was experiencing anger. I was, I was experiencing rage. I had rage coming up for days. This was on a month-long retreat. And it was, it was incredibly intense and I didn't want it to be there. And really um, deep down the, the story was, I need to get rid of this so I can get on with my retreat. <laughs> and um, that sounds reasonable, <laughs> but it's not wise. <laughs> and so at some point in the retreat, I just, I remember vividly it was like I was just throwing meta bombs at this rage, <laughs> hoping that it would just obliterate, you know, just may you be happy, <laughs> you know, just may you be at ease, <laughs> go away. And of course it didn't work. <laughs> no, I was meeting it really with aversion, not with loving kindness. Um, but we can, we can go on for a while throwing bombs at our anxiety or whatever it is that we feel like is an obstacle. Um, and so we have to be careful about that. Just what is, what is our true intention when we're meeting these parts of ourselves? Another place uh, where spiritual materialism comes in lack of wisdom is, uh, is almost like always trying to find the bright side of, of what's going on. And it's not to say that, um, you know, we want to look at the wholeness of life and the wholeness of what's going on. Uh, there's in Buddhism, we talk about the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. This is the reality of life that that there's suffering and there's non-suffering and those two coexist, they're happening all the time in, in nature and the nature that we're part of. And so it's not to block out one and prefer the other, but we can put that 
we can put that in the context, um, out of context and feel like, you know, I should be above all this suffering, you know? And so always trying to put the positive slant. There's a, there's a phrase for it now in psychology, I guess, um, this positive, what is it? Toxic positivity, I think that's it. Toxic positivity. And uh, actually I, I heard the tail end of, a, of something, I, I think it was on um, KQED, about an education, about our educators and um, how there's a lot of messaging around, you know, oh, well, it could be worse, it, you know, put a smile on, you know, just keep going and not enough recognition of this sucks, this is hard. Online learning is really hard. Our kids are suffering. This is, you know, this job is so stressful. This, these conditions that I'm trying to teach through is so stressful. There hasn't been enough of that acknowledgement, acknowledgement of the dukkha of the suffering and that how that becomes toxic to the nervous system. So we want to be careful about that. And then maybe lastly, I'll just say, and this will kind of dovetail into the, what I want to practice with you about, is ignoring, ignoring our body's wisdom, ignoring our body's reaction. Oftentimes, and I find this true for myself, that when I'm really stressed, I go right to the brain, <laughs> go right to the head, right? Try to figure it out, you know, what do I do next? Or just not really figuring anything out, just spinning, 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 you know, or just space out, I'm just gonna, you know, check out now, bye. <laughs> I don't wanna be here for this. Um, but I lose track of, of the wisdom of the body. The body has so much to tell us when we are in these states. And so I wanna, I wanna bring us into some of that this evening and use the wisdom of the body um, to help navigate through these times. And actually, before we do that, it might be, it might go without saying now that I've listed all these things that, you know, considering all that's been going on, just we'll start globally. And then who knows what's been going on in your own personal life. Maybe anxiety is the appropriate response. Sometimes we lose track of that in our spiritual practice. We think we should feel equanimous or we should feel more loving or tender towards something or um, have that capacity. Oh, I'm sitting every day. I should be able to handle this, this one little change, this one thing that, you know, is happening and I don't want it to happen. And now it's got me in this grip of anxiety that shouldn't be happening. But when you pull back and look at the larger picture of all that's going on, or just um, even, even the smaller picture. Sometimes in this practice, the wise thing to do is acknowledge, and this, this could be my nervous system's appropriate response to what's going on. That maybe anxiety is an appropriate response. It's not the only response, and we can work, work with the nervous system and work with our, our mind and our wisdom and compassion to have other options, but that it's okay on some level 
that our bodies and our mind is doing in a way what it was uh, created to do. It's very human to have these responses to stressful um, conditions. Maybe anxiety is the appropriate response. So before we go to the, the body, I wanna go to the mind. One of the things that we can do when we notice first, okay, this, there's a lot of anxiety here or whatever, whatever you want to label it as. We can go to the mind and just see, is there a story present? Is there some kind of story that's running right now? A belief, a should? Is there something that's fueling it in the mind that we wanna just notice, you know, track? Okay, this is, this is what's here, I'll kind of tag it. Okay, I see this, this is part of what's going on. And it might not be the full picture, oftentimes there's lots of layers there, but there, there might be just something even on the surface layer that we can say, okay, this and that anxiety, this feels pretty connected. And then to look at and, and know that contraction in the mind, that this is a contracted state. So this is helpful when you start to go back to the mind and try to figure it all out or um, try to reason your way through to realize that my mind is polluted right now with this anxiety. I am not navigating with full wisdom here. There might be lots of different hindrances at play. Oftentimes when there's heightened anxiety, there's hindrance attack. You've got all the hindrances coming in. You know, self-doubt, restlessness, aversion, wanting, just sloth and torpor, just exhausted, can't deal with it. They can all be at play. So, you know, in a way, I think good luck finding your way through navigating skillfully through when all that's there, but we don't always know it. A lot of the times we, we don't even know that our mind is just polluted in this moment. It's not the place to go for wisdom. So a way to come out of that contraction um, is to recognize that it's there, recognize its flavors. So sometimes when we're really anxious, um, it makes me think of looking down this like a long tube. My perspective gets warped. Everything becomes so small and contracted. You know, it's hard to see the bigger picture. Everything is just small. You know. And and even options, my perception of what are my options, it becomes very black and white, you know. It's either, well, if this isn't going to happen, then there's no way any of this is going to happen. You know, our choices get really small. It's easy to start feeling very stuck. And we want to come out of that contracted tunnel vision mind, that black and white thinking. We want to expand it. We want to get into thinking in color, thinking in rainbows. <laughs> That's where wisdom can come in is when we are able to open up that contraction, then wisdom has space to come in. 
and say, there's so much more here. It's just that contracted primitive brain is, is unable to see it. It's in protective reaction mode. So what helps it gets there, get there um, is truth. The more we understand what's going on, what's really real, compassion helps a lot to expand that mind. But that's not always so accessible. So that's when we wanna go to the body. We're going to find our way and navigate by next going to the body. We see what's going on in the brain. We're in the mind. We're not gonna give it um, our energy. We're going to go to the body and see what the body has to say. So we're gonna have a conversation with our body and our nervous system. And we're gonna do it through practice. And I wanna lead you through this conversation with your own body. And it's okay if you're not experiencing any heightened overwhelm or it might actually be nice to do this first without those big emotions, but you might find that there is something there and, and this will be very gentle to work with that. So we're gonna have this, this conversation with our body um, which means that just like in any conversation, there's times where our awareness will be listening and times where it will be communicating and times when the body and the nervous system will be listening and other times when it will be communicating. So it's this back and forth relationship. So to begin, go ahead and find uh, just a comfortable way to sit. You don't have to get into the formal um, posture or anything. You can be right where you are, but you might adjust a pillow or lean back a bit. And you don't have to shut your eyes. That might be a bit much, um, but do bring your attention inward. So if shutting your eyes helps with that, you can do that. And I want you to, in a sense, listen to your body. So you're listening with your mindfulness, with your presence. And just see where your body is communicating this anxiety or stress or whatever it is. Just notice where it's communicating this to you. And it's okay to put a hand there if that is helpful. Um, another thing to um, listen to is how intense it is. If it's overwhelming, just stay at the periphery of that experience. You don't have to go to the core of it, to the center of it. So you're just gonna hold it with your attention on the outside. You're still touching into it. You're still in contact with it just in a way that might be more soothing to the nervous system. So notice where it's showing up. What does it feel like? What's the quality of the physical experience? There might be an energetic experience. 
Does it feel like it's contracted in some way? It might be very clearly in one part of the body and then you might notice that it's also in other parts of the body as well. So you can attend to all of it the best you can. You can move your hand to meet those other parts if that's helpful. Just very, very gently listening to your body, and what it has to tell you. And then notice what your body wants to do. Your body might know how to release some of that contraction. So it might want to move. We'll see what it would be like to move with it. If you're in that flight mode, you might feel like just running out of the room. Instead of running out of the room, you might just move your legs and your feet and pedal them on the floor or something. Move, you know, shake your legs up and down. Yep, you might want to yawn. That's really common. I see lots of yawning. Releasing that extra energy. It's up in your chest. You might want to stretch and move back your shoulders, move them back and down. If it's in your throat, might open the jaw, put your head back a little bit as long as it's comfortable. Just let the jaw open. Let out sound, a yawn, a sigh. You might even move back the arms, letting them stretch wide and big. Massage, you know, if it's down at the tummy, stomach. You might just give it a bit of a massage or your low back. All this wisdom in the body, the body actually knows what it's needing to do. Just having to listen. If you've been having trouble with boundaries lately, if you like everyone's up in your stuff, maybe it's someone in particular, even creating that boundary with your body, you can push outward, you can push you know, down into a pillow in front of you and just put that into action. Your body will appreciate that. And so as you're moving with your body, you're communicating with it saying, I hear you, I'm listening. And your body and your nervous system, as you're communicating to it through this movement is now listening. You might find that there's some ease that comes in, not necessarily, but oftentimes. Might be some stillness that comes in. Things settle down. And then it's from this place, 
space that we can bring the compassion practice. And I'm gonna, there's so many different ways to do compassion practice, as many of you know, we've done many different forms. And tonight I, I wanna teach you um, one that's inspired by Tom Lin, this breathing uh, in the suffering and out compassion. It's part of the, the Tibetan tradition. This is not quite that, this is an adapted version. We'll be breathing in compassion and breathing out everything, compassion, anxiety, whatever is in there. And so for this, you might need to use some imagination, memory, some thought to connect with all the wholesomeness that is in existence right now in this world, even within this Zoom room, our virtual room, there's all these women who are doing wonderful things in the world, bringing Dharma into the world, more compassion, more wisdom, and there's so many more. So many people helping each other in selfless acts, healing, helping each other heal, cultivating their own minds and hearts, attuning and help healing the planet. There's all of the little beings on this planet, the planet itself. There's a lot of nourishment here. And so as you breathe in deeply, you can imagine breathing in whatever it is you're needing, that compassion, safety, acceptance, courage, Sometimes people will imagine it as a color, breathing in a specific color. Sometimes it can feel more like water than air, this warm liquid coming in, filling the whole body, this healing liquid. And then when you breathe out, releasing everything. It's not pollution into the atmosphere, even if it's a lot of muck, internal muck, uh, that the world can handle it. And with it too, you'll find that you're not just breathing out the anxiety and the contraction, but you'll also be breathing out compassion. You'll feel all of it moving through. So we'll take some time now, breathing in that compassion, letting it wash through your body. 
wash through your mind. Move from that contracted mind, that spacious mind, that black and white thinking to rainbows, to color. Taking a few more breaths. Maybe feeling into that stillness. Maybe it's equanimity. An equanimity that comes from acknowledging that there are the 10,000 sorrows there's also the 10,000 joys that you can breathe them together. Feeling your capacity come back up. Maybe feeling some confidence and some trust in the wisdom of your body. And that anxiety, hurt, anger, disappointment, it might still all be there. But the ability to be present with it may be stronger, might be ready, restored. Wisdom has some space to exist. There's more option to navigate than just anxiety. Okay. We'll end with a deep breath in together. Out. Okay, stop there. Some of you have fallen asleep, which is kind of lovely. <laughs> that might be what what the body is needing more than anything. It's just some rest. It's its own release. So we can take some time here to discuss this topic together. Love to hear your experience with that, but also any questions or comments you'd like to make about this theme in general.
Go ahead, Jeannie. Yeah, so I did this with you this morning. Um, and then also now, and this morning I was so wired. I was just like zoom, zoom, zoom. And I'd already worked for an hour and a half. And I was really just amazed at how relaxed and sort of released I felt. Um, but then I got heavier and heavier during the day. I got like it, it almost, yeah, I ended up taking a little nap before this, but um, I just kind of started to really decline in energy uh, quite a lot. Um, so it, it sort of let me know how much, maybe how much and how long I had been carrying some of this. Um, and, and tonight doing it again, I feel much lighter and, and like, yeah, it's, it's like there's another level of release that has happened. Um, and I, and I don't feel that heaviness as heaviness in my system as much. It's a lighter and yeah, just, I guess lighter would be the only term I can really use to, uh, and, and a different sense of calm, not sort of a tired calmness, but a different kind of calmness. So really remarkable uh, experience to go through. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It can be that way. Sometimes we, we clue into our body and it's, it can be surprising just how much is actually there that, you know, isn't convenient. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a lot going on. It's just not convenient. So we kind of glaze over it or we're just busy. It's not intentional even. But then we clue in and it needs it needs a nap. It needs some rest. And then how interesting, you know, for you that it came back actually so quickly. So it might be that in some cases, not always, sometimes we need a really deep rest and time to, to heal. And other times um, what we find is that when we can do this often enough that we don't need um, so much recovery time. Yeah. It does kind of depend. But either way, you know, I had this image of, we've all probably seen those, those cartoons where the character is up against a dam that's about to break and he puts a finger in the hole that's, that's sprout forward and then another hole comes up and then it's got, you know, all its fingers and its toes. And of course it's inevitable though, that the dam is gonna break and he's gonna go flying with the water and the, and the pavement, the cement, whatever. And, um, and we, we can have that tendency, especially um, when we feel like we've got to hold it together. And that sometimes um, there can be moments where that, that is skillful. You know, I've got to, I need to be, you know, I'm just thinking of as, as a parent, sometimes I just know I need to put my kid first here and I'm going to have to come back to this a little later. I need to hold it together. And then other times, um, you know, that can be really unskillful, this idea of needing to hold it together all the time, um, even with your kids. <laughs> um, 
you know, that dam breaks eventually. We can end up really sick. We can end up just totally fried. Our nervous system is fried. And we have to be careful about that. Yeah, Deb. I feel like I went through a Buddhist spa day. <laughs> that's kind of how it felt. I mean, I never yawned so much. I, I don't, I must have yawned like a dozen times and I went, oh, Deb, you know, <laughs> and I realized how much, I mean, even though I thought I was pretty chill today, how much I'm holding. Yeah. And, you know, and it's that thing where I always say, oh, this too shall pass, mm -hmm. you know, always look on the bright side, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. And I realized that, wow, you know, it's like, thank you, really, thank you very much. I needed that massage. Yeah, good. That's great. Thanks. Might not have felt that way to everyone. That's okay. <laughs> I'm glad that felt like that, Deb. That's nice. <laughs> And, you know, it, 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 I, I'm hoping this also puts practice in perspective that sometimes we sit down and we have this expectation that, you know, I'm going to sit, I'm going to, my mind will be still, my body will feel good. And we get there and it's just, it's shit, you know, it's just crazy in there. It's neurotic and everything's all over the place. And well, yeah. <laughs> we're living these lay lives we're not walking around like a bunch of nuns we're living these lay lives and it's there's a lot of stress that comes with that there's a lot of extra and so we have to um, I think some of the practices are geared towards an assumption that the nervous system is already in a place where it's prepared and if we don't prepare it, if we're not preparing the body, and the mind in this way, um, it's it can be just a, a, a fight to try and get the practice to be a certain way. It just doesn't work. So it's just something to keep in mind that these are these are these are very simple instructions. It's more a matter of remembering. You can do them throughout your day. It doesn't have to be in the formal practice. It could be at work in, in your office or wherever you are. You can be you know, doing the dishes and um, just checking in. Oh yeah, there's, I can feel that, that grip, you know, okay, what's going on here? What is my, what do I need to do? How can I listen? How can I listen to this wisdom in my body and in my mind, my heart, it all comes together, but we have to, to know to stop and pay attention to all of that, not glaze over. Again, as practitioners, this, is, this can be a problem. We can glaze over these things. It's not to our benefit. Okay. Well, I hope this was useful in some way to everyone this evening. Um, this weekend, uh, we have our, our Sunday gathering. Uh, 
and you can know. We'll send out an, an email about it in the next day or two. Um, same place, same time. It's all on the website. It's Shakti and I will be leading. And um, we're kind of still working out our theme, but I'm, I'm wondering if we could do like some, some more of this. <laughs> Have a spa, a Buddhist spa day. <laughs> I love the idea of that, of coming together and, and working uh, in person in this way it might be very interesting. So we'll, we'll see what, what comes out of our planning for it. But maybe we can do a little bit of this at, at the least, very least. All right, I'll dedicate the merit. It's nice to be with you all this evening. So we just take this time to acknowledge as we were breathing in that compassion and wisdom and wholesomeness in the world that we're also cultivating that within ourselves and our own minds and hearts. May it be not just for our own benefit. May it be for the benefit of all beings everywhere in all directions, excluding none. May all beings be happy and content. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be healthy in mind and body. May all beings be free. May we all be free. Okay, everyone. Take good care. There you are. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Okay, everybody have a good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.